Hey, hey, oh my god, I can't believe I got the surviving monkeys to do our theme song. Whoa. Basically, it's just uh, Mike Nesmith and uh, uh, I'll say Mickey Dolans. Wow, that, that's an amazing theme song, and almost. And I love how Neil Diamond kind of comes in the end. So they'll the duel the trio right now is a power trio. Oh, hey, everyone. So we are back. This is, if I get the name correct, invite me in. There you ah, go. Awesome hey. sauce. Yeah, we're talking about Buffy. The simple thing is we got two super fans, one person who's seen it the very first time, and one dude, myself, who's never seen it ever again or ever before or ever, period. And without further ado, I'm going to say Xander, our super fan, say hello. Hello. Jess, our other super fan, say hello. What's up? Travis, the guy who's seen it only once before, say hi. hey And myself, Jim Phoenix, who has no idea what the hell's going on on a good day, and especially now. So episode five, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season one, is called what? Never kill a boy on the first date. Right, but what's the episode called? I Never thought, tell a boy on the first date. Uh, 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 that's was dating advice. Okay, so that's uh, interesting. What's the cold open? The cold open uh, starts off in a graveyard. There's some fighting going on. Buffy stakes the vampire. She gets off some uh, uh, quippy whips, and uh, Giles critiques her fighting style. Uh, but then he looks down, and he sees a ring on the ground, and Buffy is like, cool guy, I've been out here doing all the hard work and you're just telling me everything I'm doing wrong. Um, But they're looking at the ring. They think it has some sort of significance. And then we cut down to the master and because Luke is dead, he has to do his own monologuing now. Wait, Luke's dead? Yeah, he died in episode two. Huh. We don't hear about him ever again. No, we don't. No, No, he was was a vampire, not the school kid. No, Jesse was the school kid turning vampire. Luke was the one that fought Buffy on the stage, and then she fooled him with the streetlight, which I discussed why I wasn't a fan of. Yeah. Okay, so Luke's the bad guy. He's dead. Okay, got it. He's he dead. was basically, though, the uh, Master's number two. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> but yeah, so he's reading about the Anointed One, a.k.a. Ooh. the Great Warrior. Uh, the Slayer won't know him when he sees him, won't be able to stop him. Um, he'll lead the Slayer to hell. Uh, five will die, and from the ashes, the Anointed will rise. And this is all important. It's going to come back um, to the the main plot of the episode. Yeah. Later. So watching this, I realize it's got to suck being down there with that guy. Like he's just down there monologuing, and the place <laughs> does not look like a good place to be. I it's don't. Just I don't understand. Shitty. Like their devotion to him because he's literally stuck down there. Yeah. Why are they letting themselves be bullied by him? Yeah, they're like, no, bitch, you listen to me. <laughs> he's like, sir, should we go out? And he's like, oh, you shall go out when the night is darkest <laughs> and the blackness falls through the void. And it's like, can you just say okay? Right, we just ask if you want ice cream, bro. And just <laughs> the chocolate of the deepest, <laughs> darkest <laughs> flavor. They can, like, tease him, like, hey, guys, you all want to go out tonight? <laughs> just, like, walk through the little invisible portal, and he's like, no. <laughs> no, they, they step through it. Oh, they step back in. They just step yeah. back in and out. You're like, oh, 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 oh. And, and yeah. like, eating the ice cream. Hey, man, you want you want to buy it? Come get it. Come get it. <laughs> oh, it's like it's just a safe bar commercial. Oh, you almost had it. Almost got you a dollar. I love those dollars. So it's, it's, oh. it's, uh, 
um, the master openings up after the ring killing snickety snick snicks. Yeah. So we, we had our we had our nice monster of the week last week, and now we're back to the master this week. Huh. So it's we're we're thinking about the anointed one is yeah, what we're wow. worried about this week. That so then we get howling guitars, cheerleading, blah blah blah, all the fun stuff from the credits that we did not skip. Never oh, again. Uh, spoiler, spoiler! I did some background research. It's Xander mm. playing the guitar on that. Yeah, it's, it's actually Xander on guitar for the. Oh, did you look that up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked it up. Are you it's being the, real? It's the actor. Well, it's not actually Xander. Xander. It's the actor who plays Xander. Uh, does a guitar. Nicholas Brendan. Sure. You talking about the guitar for the theme song? Yeah, yeah. The guitar for the theme song. Yeah. He plays that. Yeah. Whoa. Good Hold for him. Never believe anything I say. I don't know this episode at all. Come on, guys. Say, it's We're talking about it's the theme Nerf song. Herder. It's Nerf Herder <laughs> is the theme song. Who? Nerf Herder. Is that the band? Yeah, that's the name of the band. Yeah. Nerf Herder? Nerf Herder. Star Wars. That sounds like somebody that can't really speak full English and they're like learning. Like, uh, Nerf Herder. They're, they're <laughs> described as geek rock. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the non-Xander guitar solo, fine, <laughs> opens the show. Then how does it go from there? Uh, so we start off in the library. They're trying to look at the markings on the ring, figure out what they mean. Giles is searching ancient runes. They find something about the Order of Aurelius. Um, so that's what they're, that's the lead they're following. And then uh, a guy comes into the library and everybody's shocked because... Yeah. And this is, yeah, I know. I know this is a stinking point that uh, Travis and Jim had before. They're like, does nobody ever come into the library? Yes. Where somebody comes into the library and they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, "Uh, I need a book. book." I like that they actually address it. And Travis like, why are you here? He's like, this is a student actually using the library. Yeah, except he's so fucking pretentious. Like, he's like, "Uh," he's like, I lost my Emily. And they're like, what? He's like, Dickinson. Oh, this guy? Yeah. And then Buffy's like, oh, yeah, I love her. And he's like, oh, I didn't think you could read. And she's yeah. like, you're so dreamy. This guy is so weird. I don't get him. And I, don't I like liked him. You like? He's so I like man. Owen. Like, I don't understand what he wants or what he's trying to do. Like, I, honestly, if he would have, re- if, if, if he would replace Xander, I would have been okay. Like, I, Owen was, I, I really enjoyed Owen. His There's character does a complete 180 in this episode. Like he starts out and like right here being like this nice and like thoughtful guy, and you know, he, I don't know. He's like, I don't think he's really trying to do anything. To I Buffy. think he's 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 very much a 16 year old boy. Like he's trying to find himself. Like any 16 year old yeah. trying to find yeah. themselves. And Is he I guess to be I get 16? that. Yeah, this dude's like seven feet tall. <laughs> I went to high school with a guy that graduated a year ahead of me that legit was seven foot tall. Well, I mean, that's like a lot of basketball players that are like that. But he now coaches still. high school football. Mm-hmm. His dad I, was my gym teacher. My point still stands. This guy, mm-hmm. his character was just, it was weird for me. I don't really like his uh, his character arc in this. I'm kind of surprised he didn't become like a recurring character after, you know, how things unfold in this episode. But, you know, I'm not, I'm okay with him being a one and done guy. I, I I will agree <laughs> to disagree with that way. way. Yeah. But yeah, he um he comes in and they flirt and um 
you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. Buffy is a little bit awkward about it. She is very much like missing her social life pre-Slayer. And Giles is very much trying to get her to be focused this episode. So it's this whole, their, their dynamic early on is her wanting to have a social life and him trying to forbid it. His point to her is it's very dangerous to let other people know your identity as a slayer, which already has happened. They've got two people that are just normal people that are like sidekicks now. So that didn't really make that much of an impact, I guess. I got to understand his argument here. And we'll get into that. There's themes of that. Um, throughout the whole series about why Buffy is successful as a slayer and it'll be easier to go into once you have some more background information. Okay. So it, it, yeah, it, the lore of the slayer, the legacy of the slayer is it's supposed to be a solitary thing. Her and her watcher and her main thing is, you know, haunting, hunting, haunting monsters, hunting monsters, haunting monsters, haunting yeah, monsters. Wait, that works. <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out on uh, Rob Zombie set. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do that. Uh, so, wh- do you think there's some kind of? How old is Buffy supposed to be again? Buffy's sixteen, fifteen I, at the beginning. She turned sixteen this season, I think. I did not yeah. realize they were that young. I thought they were way older. Yeah, yeah they're sophomores. And Sarah Michelle Geller was actually nineteen at the time. So, okay, they all—they always play so much older. Yeah, that's how. See, that's what I was kind of wondering if would you expect reasonably expect a fifteen year old to give up their entire social? I guess COVID just did this, but hey, yeah. fifteen year olds who had their entire childhood kind of taken because of COVID. Uh, tell us how it went. Uh, but do you expect kind of like their social circles to go away? Because that's one of the things socialization is really that is, important. That is what the watchers expect. Yes. Well, that's kind of douchey. Yeah. Yeah. The. Again, when we talk more about the Watchers later in the series, I've got a lot of opinions. Are they all old virgins? Because Xander could be the next one. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> oh, I hope I didn't spoil it. Did I spoil it thing by mistake? No, or? No, okay. no, no, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like my um, God. But yeah, so we we cut to the cafeteria and like Buffy's just talking about Owen, and then. Xander's like, hey, Buffy, how'd the slaying go last night? And she's like, Xander, we're in the middle of the cafeteria. He goes, I mean, how'd the laying go last night? And she was like, that's not any better. Um, But yeah, they see Owen is sitting by himself and Buffy's like, I'm going to go sit with him. But Cordelia also decides that she's going to go sit with him, except Buffy bumps into her and she's like, oh, Cordelia is such a klutz. And then Cordelia is like, hey, Owen, a bunch of us are going to the bronze. And then Owen's like, hey, Buffy, do you want to go to the bronze with me? Which I just think it's funny how he is completely unfazed by Cordelia. And she's yeah. so frustrated she's the whole like, time. Hi, Owen. Not now, Cordelia. I'm with Buffy. And she's like, she's like, oh, a bunch of us are going to the bronze tonight. He's like, oh, yeah, who's going? And she's like, well, I'm going to be there. And he's like, okay, who else? Buffy, are you going? <laughs> yeah. But that's the theme of the, of the, of the setups for the, the love stories. You know, Xander and Willow, Xander and Buffy, Owen and Cordelia. It's the whole spiel so far, right? The unrequited love. Yeah, kind of. This is this really isn't about unrequited love. This little arc, it's more about Buffy wanting like that balance that she has to have between social life versus her slayer duties. Yeah, is really the core of this episode. Good lord. But yeah, so they. 
they have this date planned for tonight and she's really excited until she sees Giles and he's like, I've done some studying on the order of Aurelius and um, tonight is the night for sure that the anointed one is coming. So we have to be in the graveyard. And she's like, no, I have a date. And he's like, too bad. You have to, you have to find the anointed one. Uh, so we see them sitting in the graveyard. Absolutely oh nothing happening. That's my favorite shot of this entire episode. They're just like chilling, like on top of a grave. And it's just like silence. <laughs> I loved it. That was, it was great. He's like, it's- he's like, I could have sworn my calculations are great. <laughs> Charlie Brown and the great pumpkin. Yep. Damn yeah. it, Linus. Damn Basically. It, Linus. So by the time she gets to the bronze, like she sees Owen dancing with Cordelia and she's like, oh, and she leaves. Then mm-hmm. meanwhile, we see a bus. Um, later they refer to it as a van, but it's definitely a bus. They call it a van later? Yeah. It's definitely a bus. Yeah, the newspaper article yeah. was like, there was a van crash. I'm like, this is a fucking bus. Um, that's a greyhound, damn it. Yeah, and there's this guy that's like, you know, if you've ridden on a bus uh, before, there's always that one guy, and this one guy in this instance is uh, going up and down the aisles, uh, shout spouting off some like pseudo religious stuff, and he is uh, fairly threatening, and everybody's everybody's like annoyed, but they're also like, "This isn't our first time on the bus." Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I've ridden a bus from Ohio to Texas. I've seen those people. Oh, so you probably also got like the religious bit too. Uh huh. <laughs> I was stuck in a Greyhound for about twenty six hours. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I'll say bus or dog is not a good experience. Twenty six hours. Uh-uh, I do not recommend Greyhounds. <laughs> but yeah, so the the bus driver is just trying to do his thing. A vampire appears on the road, uh, so the bus crashes, and the vampire boards and presumably massacres everybody. Bites the guy though that's yeah. preaching. To yeah, bites people. the preacher guy. Yeah. So spare him. Wow. Yeah. So the next day we cut to the hall and Buffy and Xander are talking about uh, what happened at the bronze. Buffy's all insecure about being single, but then Owen shows up and he's like, Hey Buffy, where were you last night? And she was like, um, my watch broke and we don't believe in clocks in my house. So I never realized what time it was, which I thought was just like, that's like kind of a funny little way to be like, I can't tell you what happened, but, uh, here's my sense of humor. I hope you enjoy it. So he's like, I'm going to give you a watch. Like, you know, she's got her angel jacket and her angel cross necklace, and now she's got an Owen watch. Meanwhile, Xander has his Tweety Bird watch. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even have the bracelet Xander gave her in the Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's cool, um, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's like, uh, let's meet tonight at 7, and... Uh, Buffy goes in the library and she's like, so nothing's happening tonight, right? Okay, cool. I got a date. Bye. And um, it, it it cuts to um, it cuts to the master monologuing some more. It just I feel like we need to talk about the monologuing. It's I, there's like something like traditional vampireness about like how ceremonial he is with everything. So I feel like we need to talk about monologuing. It's there. It's what they do. Uh, yeah. Um, also, Jim, I feel like, because you haven't seen the show, so you don't have right. the visual, but his uh, he's got what people refer to as fruit punch mouth, because his mouth is just, like, stained red. Like, he doesn't look, all the rest of the vampires mostly look human, except for when they're in vamp face, and they get, like, you know, bumpy foreheads and teeth. 
Um, but he is like permanent, like he looks like a bat, kind of, almost. Yeah. Um, it, like it's a whole Voldemort type thing. Yeah, he kind of looks like um, that. Yeah, and he, he's got like permanent, like red around his mouth, presumably, because he's just been, you know, drinking so, so much, much blood. blood yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I'm glad you brought up fruit punch mouth because I remember as a kid, like, you ever see those little kids that have that and you know they didn't have fruit punch in like in, in ages? Yeah, no, we've got a bunch of nieces and nephews, and they always have like something red and sticky around their mouths. Maybe, maybe children are vampires. Oh, well, they do drain the energy a lot, so. <laughs> but, yeah. Live. but yeah, so we're, they're just you know reminding us that even though Buffy's trying to go on a date, we've got this whole sinister thing happening. Uh, in Buffy's room, Xander and Will are helping her pick out an outfit, and Xander's just being the fucking worst still, and yep. he's like. Oh, uh, you should probably cover up completely. Uh, only wear red lipstick if you want to be a whore. And then when she's trying to change, he's like peeking at her in the mirror. Like Xander sucks. Yeah. I just i I cannot stand season one, Xander. Oh, it's it is. Uh, uh, Does he get better after the season with this stuff? He he still is problematic, but he is less obviously problematic. Like he's more tolerable. Okay. His good qualities come out later. I'll put yes. it that way. Like, he gets better qualities to balance out the shittiness. Okay. Plays guitar better. And skates better. There you go. Never does any of those things ever again. The the guitar thing was, uh, you know, similar to the skateboard thing. I wish during oh, wow. the scene, though, whenever he's, like, peeking from the mirror, like, the little... So, so you have so you have this setup where Xander's being a perv. Yeah, and uh, Buffy's getting ready to leave. She hears the doorbell and she assumes it's Owen, but it's actually Giles. And Giles is like, "There was a van crash. It's a bus, um, and five died. And that's what the prophecy says: is that from the ashes of five, one will rise. And so we need to go." And she's like, "Nope, I've got a date. You were wrong last night. If the apocalypse comes, eat me." Which is just such uh-huh. an iconic line. We have to mention it. I thought you said eat me. For eat a me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Owen does show up at this point and sees the librarian in Buffy's house. And she was like, overdue book. And he's like, wow, you take this very serious. Yeah. He's not. He just believes it. It's like yeah. stranger danger, Buffy. Stranger danger. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I kind of like Owen because he's. He come, does come across as genuinely trying to be a nice guy without like any real agenda a little doofy but he's not that's an what i idiot. mean like he's just he's a kid like you know the way people try and figure themselves out when they're kids yeah i yeah. have an issue with him right here he's being a normal dude i'm talking about like later on in the episode how he just changes like well he had a transformative experience i guess coming up Uh-oh. yeah so while buffy and i went on their date giles is like i'm gonna go to the funeral home and then willow and xander are like We've seen you get knocked out three times, and it's only episode five, so we're going to come with you, too. Yeah, fair point. Um, at the bronze, Owen is, uh, again, just being pretentious. Like, he's just going on and on and on about Emily Dickinson. And I'm like, are you sure you don't want to date Emily Dickinson, bro? Like, is she available? Yeah. I, mean, it, <laughs> I mean, given what we've seen so far, I mean, necromancy wouldn't be too far out of the picture. That's true. Yeah. Um... They go, they go to dance, 
And Ellen's like, I can't figure you out. It's like one minute you're here and the next minute you're somewhere else. And you're someone else. Someone else. else. Yeah. Um, you know, and she's just like, yeah, I'm a human being. Um, <laughs> that's how human beings are. Yeah. Uh, Cordelia comes in with her fabulously crimped hair because it's 1997. And she tries to interrupt the dancing, but Owen just like, he's so obliviously shooting her down. Like he's not even being harsh about it. Like he just, it doesn't even cross his mind that Cordelia is interested. He's. He's be like, he was, he was very like, I'm so sorry. Perhaps the next time I'm with Buffy right now, he was kind of almost, he reminded me of Willow a little bit. Like he was giving her shade without even realizing it. Yeah. Wouldn't they be perfect together? Like Owen and Willow? Uh, I wouldn't hate it. Mm, I think... I don't think so. I don't see it. I don't see it. Why? I think they're, they're too... Like, they have similar characteristics, but they kind of fall into different interests and stuff. So I right. feel like they wouldn't have much to connect on. But... So far, based off of like what we've seen, I think that they have a lot in common. I don't think Willow's so much into like the dead poet society thing. Um, She's into like the you know Xander type, apparently. He can play guitar and skateboard only once, <laughs> and be yeah. an incredible pervert. Yep. Only once? Or no, we one? can do that one a lot. That's his special talent. Okay. Well, we got uh, a special talent. <laughs> um, we stay at the funeral home. Giles immediately gets attacked by some vampires. Uh, he manages to hide in one room. Like, he's got it blocked off. And Willow and Xander are, like, peeking in the window. They're like, hey, bud, you need some help? <laughs> and he's like, yes, please. She's got her beepy thing. I'm like, Giles, you are a grown-ass man. You are smart. You have all of this, like, supernatural stuff memorized. You can't remember the word beeper. Dude, it's like technology past his time. Like you said, he's old. This is in the 90s. It's foreign to him. He's not even old. I think he's in, like, his 30s. He is not in his 30s. Dude is like... Dude is... He's mid-age. I don't think so. He's great. He's... So some people great early. He's more than like just now beginning to great. He's like, and I'm not talking about Tony Head. I'm talking about Giles' character specifically. Oh, I'm just. I that's I always interpreted it as him being in his 30s. I don't know why. That's just I in my heart. Not, not so. to me. Anyway, so uh, Willow and Xander go to the Bronze to try and get Buffy, and the day is going okay, except. Angel shows up to warn Buffy about the anointed one. Um, and then when Owen comes up and he's like, uh, who is this? And Angel's like, I know her from work. And then Will and Xander show up and they pretend that it's a double date. And Owen's just like, this is all weird, but okay. So I have a question about Angel. Um, why does he never help? But he knows everything that's going down. Yeah. I can't tell you that yet. Um. Um, Okay. I had the same well, question too. I'm like, that's episode like, seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We'll get more. We'll get more angel backstory starting in episode seven. Okay. Yeah. It's literally called Angel. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I had the same damn thing. He just seems to drop some knowledge. Give us t-shirt. Give a necklace. Give. Wait. So he's wearing. She's wearing much of Angel's gifts. 
I don't think she is right now. I don't think she's wearing the jacket right now. Nah. But she has a jacket, the necklace, and the, the ring. The cross necklace she has because it's, you know, a vampire repellent. Uh, this, I, I won't ask any spoiler type questions, but I have a theory about Angel. I'm uh, curious what your theory is. Yeah. I won't tell. We won't tell you one way or the other. Okay, won't tell me one way. Yeah, are, are they gonna like do it? The, you, that's not a theory. That's asking a question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> my theory is they're gonna like do it. No, you're thinking of Buffy the Vampire Layer. That's a whole different show. Hey, I've seen that too. I think uh, Burning Angel does that. I actually do think Burning Angel does that one, but <laughs> my luck. Anyway, it just seems otherwise. Back to the fictional double date. Will and Xander are like, hey, how about we go hang out at the funeral home? And Owen's like, yeah, actually, that sounds really good because the dude's into Emily Dickinson. So, of course, he wants to go to a date at a funeral home. Is there an actual connection there? I don't know the material. She's very morbid. Okay. Yeah. Um, Buffy's like, uh, no, how about you stay here and I'll go check something out real quick. And then she kisses him. Makes a point of kissing him. And leaves him with Angel. Yep. So they're just like, so... Yeah, they have their bro moment. Um, at the funeral home, they get in there and they realize that Owen has followed them. So it's like, it it's almost, um, it's very like farcical. Like it makes me think almost like an episode of Frasier or something where like all of these wacky shenanigans are happening and they're having to like try and keep him from seeing her be a slayer and all of this and that, but it's also like very serious because it's literally life or death stakes. Um, and so it's just like this whole thing where like Buffy will go to one room to try and help Giles. And then Owen is in this other room and uh, Willow and Xander are trying to keep him occupied. And the room they go to has like a single uh, dissection table. It's not he's on the stretcher still, isn't he? Like he's yeah, in stretcher, bag. stretcher. That's the yeah. word I'm thinking of. Um, dissection. <laughs> hey, it's your funeral. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, but he uh, he sits up from the stretcher, and uh, Owen's like, "Hmm, this is not normal." And Will and Xander are like, "Fuck!" Uh, <laughs> so they're trying to unbarricade themselves because this is obviously. Uh, Pretty pretty dangerous. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, this guy, they give him a name. I forget what his name is. But he uh, he's just saying random shit. Like, at one point, he's like, pork and beans. <laughs> he's singing. And, I think and then he starts need, singing. need to mention, this is the guy from the bus. Yeah, this is the guy from the bus. That yeah, was he was named, his name was Andrew Borba. Thank you. Andrew Borba. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, they had um when when they saw the newspaper about the bus crash, they noted that he was one of the victims of the bus crash, and he was like a noted felon. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, he, he was, was a murderer. Yeah, yeah, he was. Wasn't was he released from prison, or was he about to be sentenced or something? Like he was suspected. Okay. But like, I don't know. You get the vibe from him. He did it. Oh you know yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
it, it's this whole thing. Um, well, Xander and Owen get out of the room, but Owen comes back for, or they get out of the funeral home completely, but Owen comes back for Buffy because he realizes that she's not there and he thinks that she needs protecting. And then Giles, they, they ended up, the, the vampires also trapped Giles before all this because, so Giles is in there. Mm-hmm. They pin him in the room because, you know, we need the damsel. Yes. And um, so Buffy's like trying to save him trying to have Willow and Xander get Owen out safely, trying to defeat this guy, but Owen comes back in and he gets knocked out by Andrew and Buffy assumes that he's dead. And she's like, you killed my date. And then they <laughs> managed to get him into an incinerator. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's because yeah. of course he does. Yeah. Every episode. Well, that's a given. So far, that's a yeah. given at this point. It would be easier for us to just say if he's not knocked out. Yeah, we'll, we'll just just assume, unless we say otherwise, he gets knocked out by the bad guy. So he's a Jean Grey of Buffy and Vampire Slayer. <laughs> that was always the cartoon meme where she's falling over strings the entire fucking episode. Yeah. So Owen wakes up. He's a little dizzy. Willow and Xander said they'll walk him home, and Buffy's like, you know, you're right. Maybe having a social life is not super easy as a slayer. Um, but at least we took care of the anointed one. So it's not an issue. The next or day. did it. <laughs> yeah. So the next day, uh, Buffy's asking Will and Xander if Owen said anything on the way home. They're like, well, mostly he was just a little bit, you know, concussion-y. And Owen appears and he's like, hey, can I see you again? Maybe, uh. Maybe we can walk down a dark street at 3 a.m. or pick a fight with somebody in a bar. And, like, yeah. all he wants is this, like, dangerous lifestyle that she represents to him. Did you want to talk about this some, Travis? I know you Whoa. have a lot of thoughts about It's it. just really weird. Like, so I get the – after this little moment here, like, I'm starting to question, was he ever, like, truly into her? Because it doesn't seem like he has any, like – desire to be involved with her romantically at this point. He's just wanting, like, a companion to go do dangerous shit with. Well, he seemed into her before he had this, like, whole dangerous moment. I think he had some sort of an awakening during... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't even think after she rejects him here that he's really, like, he doesn't care that he was rejected in, like, a relationship since he was just like, oh, I really wanted to just, like, go do some shit with people. You know, like I, that's the thing. Like he just completely, it's like a complete 180 of his character. Cause I, at the beginning he's this sweet and thoughtful guy. And he's like, you know, I don't know. He's, he's just like, he seems reserved. And then now all of a sudden he's like a bad boy. And he's like wanting to like go out and start shit. He's not even interested in Buffy. So I don't know. Huh. It was clear to me. See, I wonder if that's just the, the writing or there's the natural character development for him maybe because he, he, he's a new kid at the school right he's a new kid at school no he's been there they, oh, he's been they there. established yeah wow wow I thought it was like the new kid at school trying to like and Cordelia just suddenly recognizes him now or just uh, no that was because Buffy was flirting with him she's like a oh, child otherwise. that sees another kid playing with a toy that she didn't yeah. care about before but doesn't want the other kid playing with it you know yeah I, I think that's I think Travis you might be right that might be a big curve for that and especially one episode like that, you can see that happening like throughout a season arc. Yeah, and that's just no show character. You know, it's just character arc becomes an adrenaline junkie or whatnot. But man, one episode that's rough. Yeah, yeah one day, like <laughs> right. It's not even like an episode. It's like not even like the, the nighttime. Yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah, 
But we did find, um, we had this nice little moment because Giles comes up after Buffy's like, hey, I can't, I don't think we should see each other. Like, that's not, not the type of relationship I'm looking for. And you can tell she's a little bit bummed out that this is what it means to be a slayer. And Giles comes up and he's like, I was 10 years old when my father told me I was destined to become a watcher and I tried to rebel against it. You know, they have this like nice little shared moment of like being stuck with their preordained destiny. Yeah, and he like tells her something like it's you know it's about filling it out as we go or something. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then we cut to the master one last time, and of course he's he's monologuing, um, and he's welcoming the anointed one. He's repeating that phrase from the beginning about the slayer will not see him, will not stop him. And we see it's the tiny child from the bus. Yeah. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. Nice. I thought it would have, like, at first, I, I didn't realize immediately that it was the kid from the bus. So I was just like, oh, it's just like this random kid. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me, too. Yeah. So that's a cliffhanger that we end on that will come into play in later episodes. I would hope so, because that would be really lame if like, <laughs> and this boy, and then it's just like, we never see him again. He's in the closet with the egg sack. Yeah, there's just a room where they stuff everything that's never going to get used again. <laughs> Damn. Well, that that's uh, that's actually a good cliffhanger, and that's what's going to spark over more of the master storyline, I'm guessing. Yes. yes. So that, that's, that's kind of cool. That's a good buildup. That's a good buildup. Now, yeah. with that, what would you guys rate this episode? Four. Four, wow. I I would agree with that. Oh, two, wow. Okay, two fours. Be- because it, it, it furthered along the master storyline. Uh, I honestly wish the only thing, the, one of the big things about it is, and I know I seem to be in the minority here, I wish Owen would have been at least a recurring character. You know, pop up. You know, uh, pop up like once or twice a season. It's like, hi, I'm still here reading Emily Dickinson. Oh my god! So there is something that I need to talk about that we didn't talk about with this, and this episode makes me think of See No Evil Two. Because they're they're in the funeral home, and there's like this notorious killer in the room when he comes back to life. You didn't know there was a sequel to that. I'm thinking of the movie with Gene. Wow, no, and the Now let's see no evil, hear no evil. Oh, oh. fantastic <laughs> movie! I was like, fantastic movie, like, by the way. That is a funny as hell movie. Okay, okay. So for those, not that no, for those that did, yo, I don't know if you ever seen that or not. Please go watch it. Like, not going off on a tangent. Uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder uh, run a newsstand. Yeah, like in a like in a uh, office building, and they witness a murder. Except one of them's blind and one of them's deaf. Right. So combined, they witness the murder. Yes. But individually, but, it's just like, and nah. it's hilarious. Yeah, they, they did a lot of buddy comedies back in the day. Oh, they were they were so good. So it's not that version at all. It's another movie with a similar title of "Seeing No Evil." That yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it's came the wrestler. Uh, oh, oh, that's yeah. right. With the he's eyes, a, yeah, he's a slasher guy. Okay. Without the mask, for some reason, like that was so iconic for him. I don't understand why they wouldn't give him a mask for a horror. The movie. second one was better, though. Yeah, as Daniel Harris, so you know, and oh. and Catherine Isabel in it too. Yeah, 
Which, so that's a callback to this episode. Ginger Snaps. And oh. uh, American Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like her. They were both in it. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic. That's a great movie. Yeah. I actually, I think I like Xeno Evil 2 better than the first one. I agree. Nothing against you, Kane. It's just the way we like the writing. That's all it was. Unless he wrote it. I'm sorry. No, he so, didn't. He He's also now a mayor. Yeah. Oh, the town that my cousin lives in. Really? Yeah. yeah he's he's an incredibly smart and well-educated man, actually. People are surprised that. <laughs> you see this guy? It's like hellfire. Brr, then he's like. Like so very we can educated. Taxes this way. Here's my here's my budget. No, plan. seriously. Like he, um, he's he, a Republican. So. Oh, so. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, he owned. I don't know if he still does, but at the time I watched this video, he owned a State Farm insurance company in Tennessee because that's where he's from. I don't know why. I just sat there and watched this five minute video of him just explaining different insurance things, and I'm just like, Taking notes. Yeah, like wasn't in character. He was full on Glenn Jacobs. He was, you know. This was no weird thing. It was just, I'm like, huh, okay. Oh, with that, okay, uh uh-huh, okay, that makes sense. Like, he's, political affiliation aside, he's very well-educated. Oh, yeah. He's also the anomaly. Uh Uh-oh, like a successful retired wrestler. Oh, yeah, 100%. It it ain't that pretty at all for most people. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. The movie The Wrestler is pretty spot-on in certain spots, trust me. Yeah. Travis, what would you give this episode? I'd give it a three. Oh, that was pretty damn good, too. It, it, I mean, like I said, I don't like Owen, really. So, whatever. His whole character arc and his whole story, all that aside, I liked all the other stuff, like setting up the the leader or whatever. So, that was yeah. enough for me to warrant giving it a three at least. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'll side with you on like a three or 3.5 myself because I like the setup of the leader. I like the, the sleight of hand of using the kid at the end. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Not not only the the Slayer didn't see it, the audience didn't see it. Yeah, it's like, like oh, at the first time watching it, you really don't suspect that. Well, I guess it's been a while for me, but Travis, yeah. did you expect that? No, I mean, I fully expected it to be the guy that was like spouting off all that shit on the bus, and you know, at the end, just to see that kid, that kid looked terrified on that bus whenever that guy was um, going on his rant. So, yeah, like, I didn't think like that kid was gonna be. No, the reveal was well done. Yeah, and you have to remember, too, uh, because I know it's a little bit... um, It is weird to think about it being a kid, but you have to remember when a vampire turns you, it's not... It's a demon that's possessing a human body. Uh, So, yeah. You basically stop aging at the point that you were bitten. Yeah. Okay. I want to see how that works for others, though. It's... It's a good reveal. It's a good misdirection. I, 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 I like stuff like that. All right. Any last comments for you guys? Before we wrap this one up? Uh, next week. So I'm not looking forward to next week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, probably my least favorite episode uh, yeah. of the season. Uh, maybe of the series is coming up next oh, week. Wow. So. It's up there. And I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Travis, any last words? No, I... Uh... I've spoke my piece. <laughs> great, great, great. Well, this is always a blast. And again, on behalf of my guests, Xander, Jess, Travis, and myself, Jim Phoenix, we bid you always invite us in. But bye, bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>